Hey, it's John Shea here from Almost Famous Radio, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England every Tuesday from 8 till 10 p.m. So today is Tuesday, November 6th. It's Election Day here in Massachusetts. So that means the WATD News Team is providing political coverage to the South Shore this evening, and we are taking tonight off from Almost Famous. However, I do have a special Tossback Tuesday for you. This show goes back to November of 2015, and it's our interview with singer-songwriter Alice Paul, live in studio. Enjoy. When you're almost famous, you just might find yourself live on air on WATD. Hour 2 of Almost Famous begins now. Hi there, welcome back to Almost Famous here on 95.9 WATD, brought to you every Tuesday night by Tiny and Sons Glass, Route 53 in Pembroke, online at tinyandsons.com. So my name is John Shea, and this is where you get to hear some live local music from a band of musician from here on the South Shore into Boston and all over New England. And we are proud to have in studio tonight somebody who's not only not Almost Famous, but he's also no stranger to the walls and halls here at WATD, Mr. Ellis Paul. Ellis, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. Good to be here. It's been a while. I know. I think the last time you were here was before I was even working here, so it's good to have you back in the It might have been in the last century, <laughs> I think. Very well could be. Yeah. And I, uh, I understand that you grew up in Maine but spent a lot of time in Boston. Tell us about your experiences here in New England. Oh, I love it here. Uh, I I did grow up in northern Maine and uh, went to Boston College, and then I, I lived in Boston for 20 years after after school. Excellent. And what have you been up to since you've left the area? I live in Virginia now and uh, still touring every weekend. I play up here all the time, um, always touring through New England since this is really my home, home base, and uh, I'll never really be a true yeah. southern gentleman. (laughs) I probably won't be a gentleman at all, but uh, if anything, I'm a a New Englander and a a blending between Boston and uh, and Maine. And uh, It's always nice to be home, especially this time of year. It's so beautiful. Exactly. The autumn time is so nice around this area. Yeah. You've got a guitar with you. Let's go right into the music. What are you going to share with us first tonight? Uh, This one is a brand new song. It's called I Ain't No Jesus. Saturday night But I ain't no Buddha 
Live here on 95.9 WATD. Sounding incredible tonight. Could you share with us the story behind that song? Well, you know, that song actually started as a, as a song about Easter. It was uh, the whole Jesus theme came to my mind around Easter. I was like, you know, if I was Jesus and I came out of, a, out of the cave, I would have just turned around. <laughs> these people don't deserve this uh you know it was one of those things and then um so i i it became a little bit too maybe too jokey and a little frivolous and i i 
I sent the lyrics to a friend of mine, uh, Jamie Kent, who uh, he's from Massachusetts, but he lives in um, Nashville now and writes out of there. He's a great Americana artist, and he's sort of in the uh, in the vein of John Prine. So I thought he would handle the subject matter in, in the right way and, and kind of get a kick out of it. And and um, and then when I got his uh, set of lyrics back that were sort of a reaction against it, he had switched the chorus into a love song. And I'm like, wow, that's an interesting twist on it. And uh, so I adjusted my writing to his uh, his idea and then I reworked all the verses, and I wrote about thirty different verses until everything started to land right against uh, against the chorus. And uh, and I love the song; it's it's a surprise, you know. You don't um, you don't get what the guy's talking about until the chorus hits, and then you realize he's talking about a relationship and how lucky he is, and uh, how the only miracle in his life was that this woman showed up. And uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a nice love song. It's already been in a few weddings, and I haven't even recorded it yet. So it's. You know, I haven't officially recorded it yet, but a few people have played at their weddings, which is great. Nice. You've been described as having a Boston style of songwriting. What exactly is that? <laughs> we drop the ahs a lot. Uh, you know, that's that's the main thing. You don't say the ahs. Are the D's in Memphis, for example? Uh, no, it, I came out of the scene in the 1990s when... Um, the folk revival kind of was reborn again in Boston um, with a bunch of great singer-songwriters. This is like in the aftermath of Suzanne Vega coming out of New York and Tracy Chapman coming out of uh, you know the Boston area. And uh, it, I think, helped to spark a new interest in the solo singer-songwriter thing. And, um, and Boston became a hotbed for it and because there are so many... Uh, clubs that were pin drop quiet lyrics became important again instead of a bar scene where you know what you do vocally and what you do melodically and how loud you are or how wild you are musically uh, tends to get people's attention in, in a quiet kind of coffee house scene it tends to be lyric driven and so most of the songwriters that were coming out of here like you know Dar Williams and Katie Curtis and uh, you know even Patty Griffin Vance Gilbert um there's a handful of folks that were uh, in that group. I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of them. But uh, we were all, like, lyric-driven, kind of college-educated, uh, you know. Yeah, it's sort of the uh, the anti-rat scene and things like that. Uh, right, the anti-rat, exactly, yeah. Over in, like, the Cambridge, Somerville, where, you know, lyrics became more important than volume. Right, yeah. And, um, you know, and then a whole scene was created in, uh, in around Boston. And, and for some reason, all the radio stations like WATD had formed and were playing this kind of music. And um, all the ones in town that were doing it. And suddenly, you know, a person like me was getting as much airplay as Aerosmith in the New England, Boston, around Boston area. And, uh, you know, I was playing a thousand seats a night, which, which was great when, I was, when I was home. And I, I was reading that you started playing at, uh, like, like many of, of the folk artists that came out of the scene, playing the open mics in the area. What, yeah. ex- what was that experience like for you? It was cool, you know, because you'd have somebody like Martin Sexton or, or Patty Griffin going on stage, and then you would have to follow them. So your your game changed dramatically. You were constantly trying to keep up or, or get a step ahead of those folks. Um, and going back to back was a great um, pressure cooker and... Uh, 
you know, there's no um, graduate school or PhD you can get in in folk singing. You have to kind of go out there and make it make it yourself and learn yourself and um, and be taught by the people around you and, and many mentors you can find. So it was just a great breeding ground in that period of time. I don't know that Boston has the same kind of scene. In fact, the entire folk music scene around the country has shifted more to Amer- Americana music yes. rather than singer-songwriters and um, and we you know we we don't perfectly fit into those categories anymore but um but we're still folk musicians and uh and uh there's still it's it's still working i can't believe all of us are still at it you know 20 years later absolutely and still sounding great too well, thank you can we hear another song sure i'm going to tune it here just okay. for a minute take your time Sounds great on this guitar. It sounds incredible. Supposedly, these are the same style of microphones that Michael Jackson used to record Thriller. They are. Uh, this one is. Yeah, and that one is too, actually. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, they're, uh, they're honest microphones. They're like... They don't paint a different picture than what the voice yes. brings, you know? And for an instrument like Michael Jackson, I can see these being perfect, you know? Exactly. Whenever you're ready. All right. Doesn't matter where we go 
wanna feel my heart turn over till I'm upside down. Can't touch the ground. There's no gravity. I wanna feel my blood rush just like the first time we touched. Wanna fall over and over. Take me on a roller coaster. Doesn't matter where we go. Take me, take me. I don't even have to know. Take me, take me. Take me slow. Take me to a driving movie. Slide a little closer. I think that's my favorite song on the album. All right. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I like I like how it came out. Track oh. number 4. Yeah. What's the story behind that? Well, um, a friend of mine, Christian Bush, he had uh, the beginning of that song, uh, and it was about a drive-in movie. He had written it with two other songwriters down in Nashville, and uh, he produced my album, uh, Chase and Beauty, the one you're referring to, and... uh, I said to him, you know, I don't really have a, like a romantic kind of ballad kind of thing. And I said, uh, you know, we were in the recording studio and finishing up the recording. And I, I said, do you do you have anything that we could work on? That because um, I didn't at that point I was plumb out of songs. And um, he said, well, I got this thing. And he played, you know, just a verse. And I thought to myself, geez, that 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 sounds like almost like a chorus. Let's just like repeat like different escape things, and then we ended up writing, you know, about you know uh, a vacation on a on a train and a roller coaster and all these things that sort of make you forget the world when you step into them. And uh, uh, it ended up being a really a nice piece of music. And I never met the other writers, which is kind of funny. They had only written this little snippet of a of so a, a true ghostwriter. Yeah, yeah, really. And uh, um, but they they loved the final product and. Uh, and now it's become a staple at my shows, and uh, I love the guitar part a lot. I love playing it. And uh, what tuning style is that? This is op- it's open D, um, and the uh, right now I'm playing it in in F, the key of F, but it's an open D. Very nice. Yeah. How do you write? Could you take us through um, like how you typically write a song? Is there a special time of day? Is there a special place you go to that might? spark the inspiration you know in the old days i i used to woodshed and sometimes literally go to a woodshed in my in 20s i lived on a on a bit of a farm and we had a, a beautiful old shed that uh, i used as a writing office for myself and uh, between 10 and 2 a.m in the morning i'd go out there and those were in the years when i was really learning how to write and um and it's still kind of a romantic version of that writer's life that uh, we, we all think about. Um, but since that point, now that I'm traveling crazily as I, I am and having kids and all, I'm, I always write on the fly. And instead of working off the guitar ideas, I generally work off, you know, the titles or the concepts. And that helps frame a box to write the song in. And uh, 
makes things happen a little quicker. And um, I do, you know, a lot of co-writing because I'm trying to get the songs involved in the publishing world um, a lot more now instead of isolating myself in the woodshed and writing the songs by myself. I try and team up with people who have, you know, publishing deals and, and things that might get the songs in other artists' hands or even in movies and television. And so it's more a little more collaborative nowadays, um, although I'm still writing a lot of these songs for the most part on my own. Fantastic. We have Ellis Paul in studio tonight here on 95.9 WATD. We have to take a quick break, but we'll have more with him right after this. We know a lot about music. Mayflower uh, combined with Philadelphia. No brainer, right? Because this is where the Mayflower landed. History, not so much. I'm not the historian. Let the people in the uh, production booth deal with that one. (laughs) Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to Almost Famous here on 95.9 WATD. We are on the tiny stage tonight with somebody who's a whole lot more than Almost Famous, especially in this area. We're proud to welcome back to WATD, Mr. Alice Paul. Good evening. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, John. I think I'm not Kardashian famous. No, but <laughs> I'm right up there. I'm folk famous. Which folk is, famous. I always say that... Um, That's better. You know, folk stars can't be seen with the naked eye, and uh, so you, you need a bit of a... But definitely with a naked ear. <laughs> exactly. You want the naked ear, for sure. What do you love most about playing in New England? Uh, I kind of feel like I'm playing to my tribe here, you know. It's it's different than when I go out to California or when I'm in the South or even the Northwest, where... Um, just the geography is slightly different, and the the people's life mission is slightly different than what we have in New England. And uh, you know, we hunker down differently, we work differently. Um, a lot of, in a lot of ways, it's it's a lot more serious up here than it is uh, in the laid back West Coast, or even in the s- slow down South. Um, you know, we tend to we tend to hunker down in the winter, and uh, we tend to work hard and play hard and think hard we do everything hard here <laughs> exactly when the winglanders right exactly let's hear another song what do you have next for us tonight uh, this one's called rose tattoo I got laid off, it's Monday Calling to tell you It don't sweat me well I feel like I failed you You say we got each other And that's plenty enough And I know that's true But we got one kid coming One still in diapers It's a rainy drive home With one good wiper Leaving a porch light on Need beacons just to pull me to you If I ever lost you I would be lost too Just drifting in a sea of blue You're in my skin Like a rose Like a rose That's Now the economy's crashing This poor boy's laughing Cause there's nothing to lose We don't live in no mansion There's no bling to put on Only Walmart fashion will do 
Inside the house, the baby's screaming, pasta's steaming. And I look through the windows, feels like I'm dreaming. You pull the door open, say, Daddy, when you coming home? If I ever lost you, I would be lost too. Just drifting in a sea of blue. You're in my skin like a rose, like a rose tattoo. And you say, well, fine, the best case scenario. And then you put memorizing on the stereo. Sure, there's trouble in the boardrooms, trouble in the factories, trouble in the alleys. How bad we've got love these patterns. Love is what matters, baby. I got your back. Got your back. Got your back. If I ever lost you, I would be lost here, just drifting in a sea of blue. You're in my skin like a rose, like a rose. Ellis Paul live in studio tonight here on 95.9 WATD. Take us through that song. Well, uh, that song uh, I wrote on my own. Um, came up with this part uh, on a ukulele, of all things. And uh, I adjusted it to an open tune guitar. It's an open D again in key V. And... Um, and it just uh, uh, unveiled. I, I think in, originally I thought the idea was going to be about some guy that was in the Navy and, uh, you know, a tattoo kind of thing. And I had that drifting in a sea of blue. And uh, I think those were the co- sort of the initial concepts. And like I said, the songs have this way of taking on their own lives and, and telling you what they're about as you go. And, uh, you know, you edit and you throw things out and sometimes the rhyme guides the song more than you do and tells you what the subject matter is just because blue rhymes with do you know and then suddenly you're you're on you're a, someplace else you're some right you're on a river with a mountain dew and you're jumping off a 
a cliff into the water or something. You know, it's one of those, <laughs> it's one of those things. Um, and it's a beautiful way to interact with the universe because you, you're not entirely in control, even though you would think you would be. It's That's what I love about music, especially folk music. It's one of those, like, the song will start and you have no idea where it's taking you until the very end. Yeah, it's like a trip and then, um, and then it's over and then you're on to the next one. And uh, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's it's got to feel like you know you're you're creating a little world. It's almost like a godlike activity because you create this three dimensional world with pictures and people in it, and uh, it's not worth writing a Bible about. But it's it's definitely um, a great creative process. That's very uh, life affirming. Let's talk about the current album, Chasing Beauty. Yeah, what's the story behind the album? How did this come to be? Well. Uh, I had the songs finally. Um, you know, you, you get twenty or thirty songs and song ideas set up, and um, you find the right producer. And I had the Bush Brothers produce it down in Atlanta. And uh, Christian is a country star and was in Sugarland, and his brother Brendan was in the band Train. And they're both uh, as creative and bright as you can get, as far as musicians are concerned. They are, you know, their brilliance speaks outside of music in ways too that I, I love and. Um, and we just went down there and we, we uh, worked on it for over a year. And I think the hard work shows. It's just a well-recorded, beautiful-sounding project. Now, you've, I think I was reading, you've got about, what, 14 albums released so far? I've got 19. 19 albums. Yeah, if you count the earlier ones and all this side project, live projects, duo records that I've done, Christmas albums, kids' albums, all that stuff. Do you yeah. have a favorite out of all those 19? I don't, you know, um, I look back at some of the early ones, Stories, uh, which was my second album, I look fondly upon, mainly because it was sort of the, you know, butterfly out of the cocoon kind of thing. Everything before that was um, an experiment in what I wanted to be, and Stories, I think, has uh, proven to be who I am. It's, 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 it's at the heart of what I do, is just telling stories, and... Um, in, in a folk rock kind of way, you know, influenced by some of those early 70s, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, um, you know, John Prine, Joni Mitchell, those that group of songwriters, I think, had the biggest impact on me. And so uh, that album was sort of a template for what came after, even though, you know, I've, I've, I've dove into different styles of writing. Some, sometimes the albums have been very lyrically dense and... Um, more information than ears can handle in one listen, you know, the kind of songs that you go back and back to to, to, to keep on learning what they're about. But right now I'm just, I'm sort of back in that story state. I'm just writing good story songs and trying to come up with, you know, good stories to tell, important stories to hear, you know, that, that help break down the universe a little bit for everybody in a way. Excellent. What's in the works now? I'm working on new songs uh, that the I Ain't No Jesus is the 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 primary song of the new album and uh, hasn't been recorded yet, but that's going to happen all next year. And uh, I've got about eight songs that I'm looking at right now and starting to play them out in concert. So let's hear another song, Ellis. What do you have next on your list? Uh, let's see. Well, I'm going to try this one. I'm going to try it. This is called Wasted. It's a song about drinking. I'm going to just make sure my hand position is right here with all these microphones it's 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 interesting here how you're sounding play. awesome though. oh thank you don't slow down keep the ceiling spinning around if you 
slow You know the truth will catch you tomorrow You think the bottom of a glass holds peace Whiskey brings you sweet relief But it's a liar, it's a thief You can't drink away your sorrow Was I To run to you So my eyes could see your face Someone's lying in my place So now I'm wasted Last call for drinks You raise another glass in your clank Clank into the bar Do you sink? I'm watching you wallow. Oh, there's plenty women here you could meet if you could stand on your two feet. But you're stumbling street to street, trying to drink away tomorrow. Tomorrow was I lying to you? Was I lying to myself? Now I'm lying. Nice. Ellis Paul live in studio here on 95.9 WATD. I have to know the story behind that. Oh, that was written for a friend of mine who was uh, finally uh, taking care of himself and he quit drinking and uh, he had a little stop by the DUI people and spent a little time in the slammer and um, fortunately it saved his life and no one got hurt in the process. But um, A lot of times that's what happens and that will save people's lives. You know, it's gotta. It's almost like it has to be the right time and the right person um, for it to really kick in. A lot of you know, I, 
I don't I don't know what the percentages are, but a lot of people go in and out of rehab three or four times before it sticks. But um, his name is Mike, and he had he has the kind of personality where you know he's just a good person, and I think he he realized that if he kept going, someone's going to get hurt, maybe him or somebody else, and uh, so he got clean. He's been clean now for four years, and excellent. Congratulations! Really, really thriving. Yeah, I'll, I'll let him know. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, I'm very proud of him. Earlier in the show, we uh, we briefly touched upon uh, some influences. Um, who who influenced your songwriting, and uh, who influences your guitar playing? And uh, who, who do you listen to just on a regular basis? Well, you know, I listen to a lot of my peers now. Um, I feel like. Uh, like a lot of us do, like you, if you're if you grew up with the Beatles, you just heard those songs so many times that they are ingrained in your DNA, and it's it's hard to separate your life objectively from them. And the second you hear them again, you know every single nuance and word. And it doesn't mean you don't enjoy them, but um, there are influences like that, you know, that um, are definitely you know bands and songwriters that I've heard a million times, like Billy Joel and uh, some of the pop writers and Neil Young and. Um, but diving into Bob Dylan meant a lot to me in my learning process, learning John Prine's music, um, Joni Mitchell's music, um, you know, and, and just great pop writers. Sting is a great pop writer. You too, I love. Um, and then I listen to a lot of contemporary folk artists. Uh, I don't listen to much pop, although, you know, there's people like Ed Sheeran and even some of Taylor Swift's music that I like and pop and rap and country songs that I'm constantly loving that I'm hearing once in a while on the radio. But for the most part, it's contemporary folks like Anja Duvkot, who's in the Boston area. I love Mark Arelli, who's up, up here as well. He's a great writer, and I cover him once in a while. And Sam Baker down in Texas. Um... You know, looking for those songwriters that are uh, just who could be novelists. You know, they could be writing for movies or for television shows or, um, or you know, scripting uh, plays and those kind of things. The writers for the, the play Hamilton, um, all those guys. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just, I'm, I'm into good writing. We had Lori McKenna in here not that long ago, and she's she's another one who is just a tremendous talent coming out of this area. Yeah, you know, I was talking about Lori yesterday, and because um, what's remarkable about her, she's good at everything. She's a great guitar player. She's a great singer, um, but she knows how to find honesty in places that are just below the surface of what people normally go to. Yes, and. And uh, it's like she's a miner in some way, and she's got a pickaxe, and she just goes that much deeper than everybody else, and that much more honest. And uh, and that's where her superpower lies, because there's a lot flashier singers. You get people, you know, that can sing like Aretha Franklin and hold an acoustic guitar. And there are a lot of, you know, you had Shun Ning in here earlier uh, on, on your show, who plays like he has twelve hands, and. Um, but Lori's superpower is uh, is taking that that mining thing, uh, you know, deeper than most humans can go. And well, she's uh, like one of those one of those people where you know you're you're feeling something and you don't think that you can really express it, but then Lori comes along and says the exact same thing, and it's like okay, so somebody else is feeling this way too, right? And that's uh, that's I, I guess that's the role of a songwriter in our society is having someone. Um, verbalize and musicize, uh, you know, our emotions. So um, she's and she's brilliant at it. I, I I love what she does. I love listening to her, and um, she's an inspiration. 
Speaking of great guitar players, you've got a very unique guitar playing style. How did that develop? A lot of it is, um, you know, I'm trying to do things like suggest the band, uh, much like Shun's playing, um, but Shun takes it even farther than I do. So I travel alone, but I like the orchestration of a, you know, of a trio. So. It almost creates the rhythm section. Right. So there's a kick and a snare, and then I'll do the... Here's a kick and a snare and a bass. And this is all happening in the song. It's just invisible because lyrics and the lead guitar are playing over it. Now I'll layer in... We've got bass and drums. I'll bring the lead guitar in. Now we've got bass, drums, and lead guitar... And then I come in singing, and it's like, that's how, um, that's me playing at my best when I'm covering all, all those bases. Can I just play that song out? Sure. This is called Maria's Beautiful Mess. She fell to the mattress, the grace of a mattress. You're falling like a thief from a roof. And she's asking for proof. Are you staying outside? You hear mission bells Welcome to Maria's beautiful mess In a cluttered apartment on the west side She pulls the blinds wide You watch how her dress falls round her Steps, close eyes, close lips, pop open like a bottle of wine. And she'll love like it's thirst, like she's never been hurt. Dancing just like nobody's watching. Is this love? Is this curse? Feels like the first time falling. Nobody's watching. Nobody's watching. Like a bottle of wine 
here on 95.9 WATD. That was incredible. Thank you so much, Sean. Could you, you share us uh, the story behind that particular song? That's an older song. I, I wrote that probably 15 years ago now. It's maybe, yeah, 15, 20, uh, probably less, between 10 and 15 years ago. I can't remember when the, that one exactly dropped, but I was living in, in Medford at the time, and it's about a woman named Mia, changed her name to Maria because she was dating a friend of mine and I didn't want to want the guy to think that I had the hots for his girlfriend so I <laughs> I changed uh, the name to Mia and then I played out a love affair with her in my mind because um, she was absolutely gorgeous but I couldn't go there uh, obviously because a good friend of mine was um, involved with her and so I just kind of um, disguised it and uh it's one of my most popular songs, and I love playing it because it does, like like I said, all the guitar stuff is very much me at my best, and uh, and uh, and then the the story is cool, and I love the lyrics, so it's always fun to play. Very nice. We have Alice Paul here in studio tonight on ninety five nine WATD. We have to take our final time out of the night, but I think we have time for one more song. Does that work out for you? Sure. Excellent. You're listening to ninety five nine WATD. This is the tiny stage on Almost Famous. Boring old radio can leave you disappointed. Ain't you glad you got us? Incredible. Terrific. It's so satisfying. Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to Almost Famous here on 95.9 WATD. I am John Shea. We are getting ready for Peter Black and the Wide World of Blues, which comes your way at 10 o'clock tonight. Turntable Tuesday vinyl getting you through 2 a.m. with some of the best Blues and acoustic blues, and uh, Pete's a very eclectic man. He's gonna, you're gonna hear a lot of stuff tonight on the wide world of blues, so stick around for that. But right now, we have Alice Paul in studio tonight. Thank you again for coming to Marshfield. My pleasure, John. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you back here. What's your website for people who want to look you up online? Oh, it's just ellispaul.com. Easy enough to find, and Ellis Paul Music on Facebook, uh, if you put that in. Um, yeah, that's where to find me over in the internet. Fantastic. Well, we're down to our final song tonight. What are you taking us to the top of the hour with? I'm going to play this for you, John. It's called Jukebox on My Grave. It's for anyone who's a huge fan of music and uh, Jukebox on My Grave. All right. Get home safely.
Put a jukebox upon my grave Don't want no headstone No cold tears Just a jukebox to say A music man lays here All my friends When they drop by Can drop a quarter down And hear Roy Orbison's cry A flood of memory Comes wave by wave Carried by the voice Inside the jukebox on my grave Williams, some George Jones, some Beatles songs, little Dylan, some Rolling Stones, Johnny Mitchell, Marvin Gaye, and Johnny Cash. He's risen from the ashes on my grave, my grave. Boiling soup upon my grave When I'm gone On my judgment day Put a quarter in a jukebox upon my grave Don't want no headstone Said jukebox singing songs upon my grave. My grave, just a 